to hot dogs, apple pie and haggis with Joe and the Scott. Enjoy and tell your friends. So we had a lot going on last week, and um, I promised, and I won't spend a lot of time on this, but uh, we had a recall. On Gavin 1. Last Tuesday. Big time. Big time. So that was a wipeout. Uh, The people in uh, Lassen County aren't happy about it. Oh, dear. Lassen County is the most conservative county in the state of California. And so, uh, and where's Larry? Where's his staff of attorneys? Remember? Oh, well, they've, they've gone into the woodwork now. It was rigged. But what's the population of Lassen County? Three? You know, <laughs> it's a little more than that, but yeah, I, I'm not sure. I should have <laughs> looked that up, but I, I'm not sure. But there's, there's not a lot of people there. That's over toward the, it's right on the Nevada border. Yeah, it's so, rural. When you're driving up there. I mean, there's lots of there's lots of red counties in the state of California, but they're not, you know, they're not populous counties. No. And these guys act like they're surprised, and that's that's when you get wrapped up in a bubble. Yeah. Where you think because everybody around you is telling you that this is what it's going to be, and it was so easy to get the recall to happen because it only requires what is it one and a half million signatures? Yeah. I think it is. I mean, that's easy. Anybody can get one and a half million signatures for a recall. But uh, Larry Elder promised he soon, he wasn't even going to concede, which he did. Yes. By the way. He wasn't even going to concede because he was in Trump land in his head. So Lassen County is angry and in despair. Oh, dear. Is there words? Um. The Democratic, I quote, the Democratic Party is the New York Yankees and the Republican Party in this state is the minor leagues. Oh, it shows you a lot how they feel about people that support the minor leagues. It's, it's, this is one thing Republicans don't get. It's all about population. It should be one man, one vote anyway. Yeah. When it comes to the national election, of course, this is one man, one vote or one person, one vote. Um, but they don't, they don't get it. They say, well, we're being controlled by, you know, the East coast and the West coast and the majority of Americans are in, no, majority Mm. of Americans aren't in the majority are on the East coast or the West West Coast coast or the metropolis such as Chicago, which is a Midwest city, which is huge. Dallas, Mm -hmm. Austin, Texas, all those places, which generally lean blue. Yeah, but it's it's a population thing, and um, well, I'll save that term. But they they just they just don't get it. But the good news is Gavin Newsom is still the governor, and he has. And by the way, we are the only state in the country, and I'll I'll attribute this to Gavin Newsom, and of course, the county health officials around the state following his lead. But what is it? We're we're the only one. 
We have the least cases of COVID in the U.S. now. But it's a certain percentage. I mean, we're way, we're we're the lowest. Way way lower. Way low. Thankfully. And so everything is uh, going pretty well. Of course, again, in the red counties where aren't they're not very populated uh, in California, that's where it's all happening. Yep. Because they're not going to wear a mask. Nope, they don't get Just like vaccine. Mississippi, just like Texas. So, you know, it's your voters. If you want to lose them, then that's uh, that's what's happening. So recall is over. Governor, um, governor Newsom is governor, at least until next year. And we have a, a real election. Yeah. And I'll guarantee you, Larry Elder does not run. Because <laughs> he can't. Uh, they they know they can't, they can't win. Yeah. If you looked at the vote, what Elder got was 48% of those who voted um, in the deal, I believe it was. But the, the, the Republicans that had experience, like Faulkner from San Diego, yep. legit guy. Yep. He, he was mayor of San Diego. He's a moderate. Um, he got like 6%. Cox didn't even show up. <laughs> <laughs> he was a blip. And Caitlyn Jenner? Well. Under a percent. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. So that's it for the recall. But speaking of recalls, <laughs> we have a um, another letter that came out from the former. Mm, the former guy. Former guy. I was going to say former leader, but that doesn't work. All right. So listen to this. I don't know if I can read this. I couldn't get the uh, print to enlarge. This is from the desk of Donald J. Trump, dated September 17th, just three days ago, to Brad Raffensperger, who is the Secretary of State in Georgia. And you may remember the phone call. What was that? Two hours, hour and a half phone call that Trump made to Raffensperger during the election. Hey, guys, all I need is 11,800 votes. You can find that. Yeah. Or you can just change it and I just say, hey, you know, mistakes happen. Raffensperger wouldn't do it. Raffensperger exactly. is a Republican. A severe Republican. I mean, he's very Republican, but he's he's got a job to do and he does it the way it's supposed to be done so the honorable address to the honorable bradford raffensperger secretary of state atlanta georgia dear secretary raffensperger large-scale voter fraud continues to be reported in georgia false news enclosed is a report of 43,000 absentee ballot votes counted in DeKalb County that violated the chain of custody rules, making them invalid. I would respectfully request that your department check this, and if true, along with many other claims of voter fraud and voter irregularities, start the process of decertifying the election. <laughs> this is incredible guy's got cojones I'll tell you that 
or whatever the correct legal remedy is. He doesn't know. He has no idea. He didn't even talk to the attorneys about this. And announced the true winner. As stated to you previously, the number of false and or irregular votes is far greater than the needed to change the Georgia election result. People do not understand why you and Governor Brian Kemp adamantly refuse to acknowledge the now proven facts and fight so hard that the election truth not be told. You and Governor Kemp are doing a tremendous disservice to the great state of Georgia and to our nation, which is systematically being destroyed by an illegitimate president and his administration. The truth must be allowed to come out. Thank you for your attention on this matter. Sincerely, Scribble, Scribble, Scribble. Well, the truth is that Trump is obviously following the playbook of Vladimir Putin. Um, it's obvious to me because I study things like that. Um, yes, you do. So, yeah, and there'll, there'll be a bit about that later. I, I mean... <laughs> This is so ridiculous. I, I don't even know why I'm covering it. I, I'm, I'm doing it just because it's so ridiculous. And just so you know, in case you haven't heard. But that's twice. I mean, the, the guy's not enough. He has no power. They, did, they also did six audits after the Georgia election because it was so tight. And they wanted to make sure that they got it dead right. And they did. And he lost. So talking about elections, have you got anything on any running candidates this week? Uh, I have. I heard that Beto's geeing up to be, uh, Beto, run for... Yeah, Beto has said that he is going to run for governor against... Uh, what's his face? Deathman Abbott in yep. Texas. Mr. Abbott. But we do have a couple of election... Dean Heller... Uh, those of you in California probably recognize the name, Dean Heller, and especially in Nevada. He's a former senator of Nevada. And in 2018, he just got blown away because the Democrats basically took over Nevada, both Senate seats and the governorship. And so he's decided that he's going to throw his hat in the ring uh, for governor. He was senator. I mean, he was overwhelmingly voted out of office in 2018. Heller said this weekend that he will get, now get this, he will get a Texas-like abortion law passed as governor. As governor, I quote, I'll get the most conservative abortion laws that we can have in this state, regardless who's with me or who's controlling the legislature at the time. Very dictatorial. Now, this is curious because when he ran for the Senate, he said, I'm a Mormon and I teach Sunday school every week. <laughs> Should invalidate you right there. But I do back a woman's, a woman's right to choose abortion. It is the conservative position. No, That's what no. he said when he ran for the Senate. Of course. And I believe that was 2006. So now he's totally gone against that. 
so I guess that's no longer... He's changed his mind. Exactly. Exactly, like they always do. I think they've watched The Handmaid's Tale and decided that's the way they really want it to be. I'm telling you, we we joked about that when we watched Handmaid's Tale right off the bat. Yep. That, but, now, I mean, it's... And as an outsider, I could see it coming. If you haven't watched Handmaid's Tale, watch Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, at least to the part to where it takes a it takes a couple of episodes, but it you watch it and it shows how it happened, how the whole situation how, the, how it all evolved. started, and how they took control and the whole thing. And it's I mean it almost mirrors what's going on now. I nearly cried last night when Elizabeth Moss and Handmaid's Tale didn't get one Not award one. at the Emmys. Twenty one. How bad is that? Were nominated. They didn't get one. But the crown did. Well, yeah. But, I mean, that's total fiction. The Handmaid's Tale's fiction as well. But it's more becoming true and it's very worrying. Heller also suggested that he would have fired the well-respected Clark County Registrar, Joe Gloria, whose integrity was outrageously impunged by the fraud caucus after the election. Oh, yeah. Let's vote for this guy for governor. Straight out. Yeah, I want this guy. Straight out of Putin's mouth. They're all going by the playbook now. Maybe Larry can run for governor in Nevada. I think Trump's teed him up as a secretary of state. Secretary of state. Yeah. Uh, For who? How that's going to work, I don't know. Oh, you mean if he wins? Yeah. He can't appoint Secretary of State. For Can you a state. imagine? You, you get a radio talk show host is going to be Secretary of State. But does does yeah, yes, sir. yeah, you had just had the Raffelsberger thing. All oh, right, so he was Secretary of State. Mm-hmm. Okay. See that the, there's so many levels of of government as well that it's easy to get confused between state government, local government. You'll get used to it. I know, but it takes time. <laughs> it takes time. Just a newbie. You are a newbie. I'm are. You are. Okay, so we got that garbage out of the way. That's exactly what it is. Any any more garbage on the MTG? No, I don't have anything on MTG. Do you have something on MTG? <laughs> no, <laughs> I'll 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 pan that one. That's okay. So anyway, talking about elections, the Russian election was held yesterday and Vladimir Putin's United Russia Party, it won! Surprise, surprise! So what I didn't see coming, though, was the electronic vote in Moscow. It was held up for three hours longer than what they had announced. Mm. And I was monitoring the Moscow news and Alex Navalny's friends on tweets on Twitter yesterday. And it became apparent that this electronic um, voting in Moscow didn't come up with the result that Putin expected. So it took them three hours. Seriously. Seriously. It took them three hours. And the numbers had to be amended to the correct outcome for Mr. Putin's party. And sort of as a side note, the um, people that work for the Russian federal government, which is about 45% of the population of Russia, mm-hmm. they were all sent by their employers, bosses, to go and vote. And they were told to vote for whom? 
or else. And that's the way elections work in Russia. Um, and this is what Putin wants for European countries and for the US, which is why he's doing his best to damage democracy, divide people over here, have them all fight amongst themselves, um, you know, divide and conquer. It's working. And it's working. Hong Kong, they had an election for their new election committee. This can, now explain that. Well, they have um, Hong Kong used to be a territory of the UK, and right, right. they handed it back way back in '97, I think it was. Um, but there were promises that Hong Kong could keep their autonomy from China. Mm-hmm. However, China's decided otherwise. Um, so this new election committee, um, only patriotic, I say that in inverted commas, candidates were allowed to run. These patriots are aligned with China, chosen by China. Of course. So this committee's job is to choose the next leader for Hong Kong. So basically it's the first poll since sweeping reforms to the electoral system. Now let's back up, back up on that. So the next leader for Hong Kong, is, it, but Hong Kong is now part of the mainland, right? Yeah. Okay. So what leader? They China will, like a quote unquote governor. Yeah. So okay. China will install their person in there. Got it. So it's the first poll since. Can, can they? Can we send them, Larry Elder? I don't think that they would appreciate that. We don't want him. Why would they? Because he'll do whatever they tell him to do. Yeah, but the Just Hong like Kong Trump. people don't deserve that. <laughs> That's not fair. Be nice. Not fair. Hong Kong people are really lovely people. It's not fair. So anyway, this the the reforms since Hong Kong started since China started putting their clutches on since the demonstrations in twenty seventeen eighteen. Mm-hmm. Um the number of registered voters has been slashed by, get this, almost 97%. 97%. 97%. I kid you not. Unreal. And if you don't believe me, you can check that one out on the BBC website. Nope, I believe you. Canada. I they believe go, everything you tell me. They go to the polls today. All the time. So Trudeau is either going to win outright. This is just my guess. He's either going to win outright. That's tomorrow, right? Today. Oh, Trudeau's today. Today. Or Canada's today. Okay. Yeah. Um, he's going to either win outright with the Liberals or have to form a coalition government. And my guess is that it will be with the left-wing guy, Jagmeet Singh. He could be the man that ends up being the kingmaker in amongst everything because... The conservative leader, Erin O'Toole. Who what an appropriate name. Well, What a tool. We'd call him a tool in <laughs> Scotland. Um, he's not very well known, and he's had to tone down his earlier rhetoric from being a kind of hard conservative to a more softer, acceptable conservative. Oh, isn't that pretty? And he's just doing it for uh, a win on this election. Well, of course. So um, there's also a populist leader. Um, He's a former conservative parliamentarian, and he's formed a People's Party, 
which very much goes aligned with similar issues like anti-vaccine mandates, anti-masking mandates uh, of the Trump cultists. So that may be a party to watch to grow in the future, depending on how alt-right Canada goes or how much misinformation that they can get in there from other countries. Um, But I think this Jagmeet Singh, who is, he's left, very left. I think he'll split the vote between the Liberals and the Conservatives. And in doing so, the Liberals or the Conservatives, whoever wins, is going to need him to help them make up the Parliament. So that's going to be one to watch. So uh, explain how that works to the Americans who are listening. Now, this is a uh, parliamentary election election yeah so explain how that works it's not just republican democrat whoever wins that's the way it is they have got well see the system's different there um analogous to that would be here you've got the democrats and the republicans and i believe andrew yang has decided that he's forming a third party so when you've got a third party, depending on their popularity, you could end up with the third party candidate coming in between the two of them, gaining so many votes from either side. Uh, explain that. So some Democrats might decide they want to vote for Andrew Yang. Uh, unlikely, but some independents or Republicans might decide that they would vote for Andrew Yang. So, say the Dems win with less than 50% of the vote, mm-hmm. they would need Andrew Yang to come on board with them to get the most votes in the parliamentary seats. Okay. So, in that way... So, they- the parliamentary seats being... I, I know the answer to this, but just people who don't know. So, that's like the Senate and the House. Sort of. Sort of. Yeah. But they're not voted for individually? Canada's system, I'm not so sure about. But in any system, if you've got more than two parties, mm-hmm. there can be sways either side. I mean, I could get really complicated here and say that Scottish parliamentary elections, you are, they're done under what's called uh, STV, which is self-transferable vote in which you have, there's already five parties there, and there's also a list vote, and it gets really complicated. (laughs) But I can explain that to you at the next Scottish parliamentary election, because that's going to be really interesting. Well, I I guess where I'm going with this, the in, in this country, you have the president, and the president doesn't have any decision-making on who's in the legislature. So no decision-making on who is in the House or who is in the Senate. So when you say they form an alternate government... A coalition. A coalition. 
So do they select those people in those seats, or do the people select those people in the seats? The electorate select who's going to represent them. Right. They get the seat in the parliament. The leader is a bit like the UK. The leader of each party is the one, if that party's elected, then Trudeau is is the president. Right. Um, but does he does he select people? No. Oh, okay. No, no, no. All right. That's what I wanted to make clear. It's an election f- by the people. <clears throat> Got it. For the people. So essentially, end result, like here. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll leave it alone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a whole different place here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's hope Justin wins. Let's hope Justin wins. I think he's done a, a pretty like good job. Trudeau. Yeah, I like Trudeau. And what was really hilarious last night, yesterday, was it came out that, I mean, years and years ago when Trudeau was doing a Aladdin show, he was he had a, a black face because he was portraying was in school. Aladdin. It was in school. Yeah. And this all came out on the misinformation um, the night before the election. So it's he what he did, it was a blackface thing because he was playing Aladdin and so he had makeup on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the blackface stories in this country. Um, but he did that. But that came out a lot when he first ran. When yeah. he first ran, this picture came out. Now they're trying to revisit this. And he, he apologized. He says, you know, that was a different time. And now is a different time. So, yeah. And yeah, times change. And exactly. we all have to accept that. Had absolutely nothing to do with racism. So what else is happening? How are we doing with COVID anyway? Doing for well, we're doing pretty good. We're doing all right, thankfully. <laughs> uh, California's doing well, but still, you still have the red states, Mississippi and Florida and Arkansas. And uh, Texas seems to be leveling off a little bit from the last numbers that I've seen. Uh, Wyoming's outrageous. As is Idaho. I mean, as far as uh, numbers per 100,000 people. Wyoming's like 600 and something. California's like 25 or 20 per 100,000 people. Wow. But yeah, I mean, Wyoming's just blown up. Now, not too many people live there. I'm I'm sure if there's a million people in Wyoming. Mm. If there is, it's just barely. Um, But yeah, in Idaho, they're shipping people out. They're canceling people for regular stuff. They're trying to offload patients to Washington. Yeah. New Hampshire, New Jersey, there's yep. no beds to be found in between. Yep. And uh, that's Boise. That's the capital. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On that note, the um, U.S. and U.K. are going to be swapping travelers. Now, up until now, the U.S., it was a, a former guy ban on travel from the U.K. and Europe because of COVID. Right. And President Biden kept that there for a while. Because Which is good. Delta came around, so mm-hmm. it's pretty wise to do. Now, we've got a vested interest. We've got three grandkids there. Sure. And I'd love to go and see the boys. Sure. But realistically, with a raging pandemic, we're a bit older. They have underlying issues. I do not want to spend 12 to 13 hours on an airplane In a right tube. Now. Yeah. Which is basically what an airplane is. Exactly. No. So anyway, they're opening up, the U.S. is opening up to U.K. and European travelers from November if they're fully vaccinated and undergo testing and contact tracing. 
I don't think it's a good thing. I would, if, if anybody was asking me my advice just now, I'd say leave it till later in 2022 to come to the U.S. Here's why I think it's going to happen, because they're talking about doing it in November, and I think we're going to have another little push in the wintertime. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I mean, it, to me, it seems inevitable because people are not getting vaccinated. So that's going to push, and it's going to be pulled back. Yep. That's my opinion. So I think at just now, I would advise anybody asking me, um, if you really want to come to the U.S., check with the John Hopkins University website to see how bad COVID is in the state or states that you want to visit. Because as Joe said, several states are not vaccinating. They have no vaccine mandates. There's been a low uptake in a lot of states, especially in the South, and again, no mask mandates. Texas, Florida, Mississippi, Idaho. Um, Florida in particular, a lot of British people, European people like to go to Florida for the winter. Mm -hmm. Don't. It's a nightmare. Yep. Um, they've, they're also, they've had to call in the, the federal government to give them beds, haven't they? Well, the biggest, uh, yeah, in, in certain parts of it, yeah. Yeah. But the, the biggest problem is, is they, they have no mask mandates. Yeah. I mean, you, you see pictures of people visiting Florida and uh, uh, Texas and places like that. Nobody's got a mask on anywhere. Mm. I mean, I don't, I don't want to be walking in that air. Now, I had a friend who visited London recently, and she said to me when she came back that it was pretty much like 2019 before covid People there weren't wearing masks either. Um, so that's kind of worrying too. If you're Do going they not have a mandate anymore? I thought they had. I thought so too. Um, I just think it's not being enforced. You know, I think, we, I think we're in la-la land here. Yeah. Just because Californians, for the most part, unless you go to Lassen County. Everybody's wearing a mask. Everybody's wearing a mask. Yeah. I mean, everybody's. Not necessarily. I mean, if you see people walking down the street and they're not around anybody, not necessarily. But, uh, but. Most people, even walking down the street, you go into are wearing a, store, a mask. If you go into a masks. store, for certain, yeah, everybody's wearing a mask. In most stores, it's um, it, it, you have to. And from September, actually, I think it's from today. I could be wrong, but I think um, some counties are mandating that people have to show. A record like San right. San Francisco, right. you have to show vaccination. your vaccination yeah. record if you want to get into businesses, etc. In fact, the Golden State Warriors are about to start their season, and San Francisco has told the players because not all the players in the NBA or or Major League Baseball or the NFL, not all of them have been vaccinated. Right. They get tested regularly, yeah. all the players, but um. For the norm around the country, players don't have to be vaccinated if they don't want to be, but they do have to get tested. Yeah. Well, San Francisco has said if the Warriors want to play, all the Warriors have to be vaccinated, which will apply to now. I don't know about the Lakers, what L.A. County is going to do. But uh, in San Francisco, you must be vaccinated. And I'm. I would imagine that's going to apply to the Giants. Now, their season's almost over, mm. but uh, I, I wish it was over. 
That's okay. We're going to make that happen. Yeah, We're going to make yeah, those yeah. season in, in sooner than they wanted it to. So anyway, getting back to this travel situation, yeah. I just want to tell people from the UK, and if anybody just, oh, we had a Spanish listener last week. So anybody in Europe, if you are traveling to the US, do not come unless you have travel insurance. If you get COVID or if you get hospitalized because of COVID, you need to know that the the hospital price for a COVID case is in the range of one hundred thousand dollars. Yep. Also, Welcome to America. If you are going to a state where they have no beds left, if you have a car crash, if you have a heart attack, if you have a stroke and you need immediate 999 or 911 care as it is over here, you're on your laurels, pal, because they're now rationing healthcare in hospitals in places like Idaho, Missouri, I believe Texas now. And Florida, although they're not saying anything because, well, it's death DeSantis. You mean our future president? No, please, no. <laughs> He's going to run. Anyway, good advice. Yep. Remember, we've got Great three advice. grandkids over yes, there. We, do. we would love to go and see yes, them. We love we them would. to bits, but no. Haven't seen them in three years. So. We don't want to kill them, so we're staying put. Heck, we won't even go. We 800 miles to see the other grandkids. Nope. Yeah, not at this time. Just not going to take chances. Although we did see them in uh, a few months ago. Yeah. But things were better then. Yeah. Okay. What else you got? Remember Alan Weisselberg? Oh, that was Trump's um, comptroller. Trump org CEO. Yes. Or CFO, the financial officer. Alan Weissenberg is in court today. His, this is his first in-person court date. Ooh. The first court, he didn't have to be there. The attorneys just took care of stuff. So he's in court today. And he's facing up to 15 years in prison. Now, he hasn't been charged yet. But he's uh, facing uh, 15 years in prison for his involvement. Has he been charged? He hasn't been charged yet, no. So all because of Donald Trump. Well, he's got the goods on Trump. He knows... He's got everything on Trump. He knows everything. So Weisselberg goes to court today, and according to the attorney um, for Weisselberg, he is telling that he expects a few more people to be charged in this criminal probe. Ooh. And he says, quote... We have strong reason to believe that there could be other indictments coming, says Brian C. Scarlatos, the attorney for Alan Weisenberg, in the New York State Supreme Court today. Now, my question is, I wonder who's paying for his attorney fees. <laughs> That'd be interesting. That's a conflict of interest. That is a conflict of interest. So I want to know who's paying for his attorney fees. And uh, I can't remember who's... I don't think it's the ACLU, but somebody's somebody's requesting that information. But that this story isn't all that big, but it just came to me that who's paying the fees? Um, it's what, like Kavanaugh. 
Yeah. Who paid Kavanaugh's fees? There's, Who paid um, off his bills? A lot of people Nobody want to knows. know that. Everybody wants the FBI to jump back into that. Yep. So that case is, they reckon, summer 2022. That's his tax cases, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So that'll come up. And if Trump gets in, indicted himself, I reckon he will probably say he's going to run for president in 2024. Therefore, he's a presidential candidate. No. Therefore, he can't no. be prosecuted. doesn't apply. It only applied before because he had executive privilege. He doesn't have that now. But he'll try. Yeah, I want to try. Yeah, I mean, it's look at this letter. I know. The man's mad. <laughs> he's mad as a hair. I'm ordering you. <laughs> hey, Raffelsberger. Uh-huh. Come on, guys. All I need is 11,874. Like I think it was a precise number he gave. Yeah, exa- he exactly. Well, that's because that's how much he lost by. Yeah. And so <laughs> I know you can find this. I know you Come can on, find guys. this. Get them out the laundry. What you're doing is illegal. You know that. You could go to jail. Like he was worried about them. Well, it's like in Russia during the vote yesterday, there were videos taken at various places um, in voting places. Mm-hmm. And at one point, there's video of a hand reaching out from behind a flag and stuffing votes into the ballot box. Where was that? In Russia. Oh, in Russia. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, that was Vlad. This is the. <laughs> Vlad was around the corner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Put that in there. Yeah. 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 Make yeah, sure yeah. you got that in there. Is he still on? He's still under COVID restrictions? I believe so. Another thing that happened with Putin um, was quite funny too. Somebody, um, he posted. If you uh, want to know anything about Putin, (laughs) trust her. So Putin put out this video showing that he was voting as a a citizen. He had to, you know, do his vote too. (laughs) And the funny thing was, though, people on social media soon honed into the fact that the time on the wall was different from the time on his watch (laughs) and different from the date on his watch. So the video, it appears, was made three days before voting actually opened in the election. Of course. So, yeah. That's the Russian one. Beautiful. All right. What? Book review? No, not yet. Oh, okay. Because uh, this one, to me... This one is important, and I'm not sure everybody's going to see this. Um, most of you are probably aware of the influx of Haitians at the border, and they're estimating 10,000? Something so like that. It's, yeah, it's a high number. And there's, there's a place in the Rio Grande River that has a dam, and they're walking across. It's in the water, but it's shallow right there, and they're all walking across this dam into Texas. Okay. Sad story. I don't blame the people, but that's what's happening. Now, most Haitians are what color? They're black. Most Haitians are black or dark brown. Yeah. Well, Border Patrol agents today on horseback with whips. No. Border Patrol agents on horseback cracking whips and charging into crowds of Haitian people, the asylum seekers, in Texas, 
shouting at them to go back to Mexico. Oh, for goodness sake. Now, think of that visual in the United States of of America. America. Oh, my goodness. Black people being rounded up on horseback, guys with badges, with whips, and the old Texas Ranger kind of cowboy hat. That's inhumane. Are they actually real border guards? Yes. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. In fact, I read the story. I couldn't believe it. And then it was validated on CNN. Oh, my goodness. They didn't show them with the whips, but the whips were there. That's shocking. <laughs> that is absolutely shocking. They I mean, should. This, this day and age, I mean, uh, these people don't even think. What, what kind of people do they put into yeah, enforcement jobs in this country? Yeah, get a job on ice. You can do whatever you want. With ice, you can do whatever you want or do. My goodness. And that's in uh, Del Rio. And I mean, Biden's already um, flown back or had arrested more uh, people coming over the southern border this year than Trump did in the whole last four years. Well, he's working on it, and I feel bad for the people, but he's doing the right thing. He's 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 rounding them up and flying and them back. But don't do it with cowboys on horseback and whips. That's not that. <laughs> I think well, now, Biden will have something to uh, say Biden's about that. Biden's not responsible for that. I'm not saying that. But that's uh, just it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. Crazy. All right. Book report. Okay. So I read this book a couple of weeks ago. Joe's also read it. Ben Rhodes. It's called After the Fall. Now, Ben Rhodes was a uh, staff writer for uh, Obama. Yeah. So after Obama left office, Ben decided that he was just going to travel around the world trying to get a sense of what people in other countries thought about America. So he was traveling because he liked to travel uh, with an eye to politics and, and how everybody else viewed America. And he spoke to people in Hungary to find out what was going on there with Viktor Orban and how they felt about it and what they saw as the future for Hungary. Um, a lot of people don't realize that Viktor Orban is um, an autocrat. Um, he's cracked down on his country with various laws. If you watch Tucker Carlson, you've seen him. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Ben spoke to um, people that had the inside view on Hungary and the outside view on the US. He also spoke to Alex Navalny, the opposition activist, whose group Putin designated a terrorist organization so that he could break it up. Um, Being designated terrorist organization also disqualified Navalny for standing as a candidate in the Russian Federation elections. And ultimately Putin put him in prison just to make sure that he couldn't stand or do anything that would upset his Russian election. Um, and that was really interesting. Um, he spoke to people in China and a young lad from China who lived in the US about um, how he saw China now from outside and why he left China. Um, that was also really interesting. It, the book it basically gives you a great insight uh, 
um, not only into what's happening in other countries, but it shows how dictators and autocrats manipulate laws and electorates to keep themselves in power and to grow that power. It also shows, yet again, as many have been writing about, many in the know who can do the research um, and go after these things, how the balance of power is shifting away from democratic societies. Um, democracy is under attack around the world. So although it's it's a sort of travelogue, it's a political thing as well, and a sort of memoir too. It mentions a lot of things that he did in the Obama government. So yeah, it was a very interesting read. So I'll recommend that one. I recommend it. I love the detail in yeah. it. Yeah. I read it. Well, I listened to it. I do, I do Audible. You listen, I read. <clears throat> yeah. No, it's a great book. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I just ordered a new book last night. Oh, yes. We watched um, The Scott was not aware, and maybe many of you aren't, uh, that Hal Holbrook. Actor. Uh, most of his career was spent a one-man show doing Mark Twain. I mean, he actually turns into Mark Twain. It's incredible. But there was, I was trying to find it uh, so that she could watch it. And Mark Twain's my favorite author. And we came upon a, not the show itself, but a, what would you call it? A documentary, documentary. if you will, uh, on Mark Twain doing it and went step by step and for, I don't know, hour, an hour and a half. It was incredible. If you get a chance to do this. So I had to, um, Get on Amazon. I got a leather-bound copies coming so that you can enjoy Mark Twain as well. So Mark Twain, what he wrote then is as valid today. If not more so. As it was then. Mm -hmm. Hal Holbrook, um, he died this year, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yep. In January. I remember him for his role in All the President's Men. Mm -hmm. He was deep throat. He played the guy in the garage. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but he's been a lot of other things as oh, well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's on West Wing and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, okay, so a couple things to wrap this up. Uh, one thing on the coronavirus that I should have thrown in when you were talking about it. Uh, Pfizer has not been approved, but Pfizer has come out today and said that uh, children age 5 to 11, uh, that the vaccine is fine. Meanwhile, in the UK, they've started giving people over 50 booster shots now. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get mine as soon as I can. Uh, a couple other points. Kirsten Cinema. Oh. So Democrats are attempting, part of Joe Biden's big infrastructure uh, deal, to... And this has always been, Democrats have always tried to get this done. Now that we have a, a small majority, but now that we have a majority, it's time to bring down drug prices in for Medicare. Yep. Which in turn will bring down prices, bring for, down everyone. prices for everyone. But they want to be able to negotiate the price for Medicare. It's a reasonable thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, Obviously, drug companies don't want to do it. No. So 
it, you know, they, they talk about, well, we won't be able to do so much research and all this other stuff. They, they just put on an ad against this thing, and they spent seven figures on the ad. Yeah. An ad. If they stop the ads on TV, they'll have plenty of money they, to go do their research and <laughs> they've development. They've got plenty of money anyway. Exactly. It's just a bit. It's like the cigarette companies when they were going after them. Anyway, back to Kirsten Cinema. Uh, uh, and three other Democrats in the House actually voted against this. I mean, how, how sad is that? I'll tell you why. Because the companies ka-ching and ka-ching. donate. All three of them, their largest donor is a pharmaceutical company. Of course. Now, Kirsten Cinema. here's an interesting thing about her. Um, she's opposed to that, but she's not totally opposed to it. She wants a lower number. I mean, if we're going to come in and be Democrats and change things to make any difference at all, you got to freaking do it. Yeah. I mean, go for it. Don't do this uh, $2.10 here and I'm sick of that Just crap. do it. Well, Kirsten Cinema, which she's doing with every Democrat bill that comes up, she, in 2018... Her net worth was $32,000. Yeah, well, she went to BYU, so she couldn't have earned much. It's only three years later. Her salary in government, and she just got in this year. Yeah. Is Mm $174,000. Her net worth is a million bucks now. Oh, who's paying her then? This is why they want to get through the voting bill, because it will take out the dark money. So that people will be have to be more transparent about who their donors are. Got another winner on the GOP side. Um, you may or may not have heard of uh, Anthony Gonzalez, Representative Anthony Gonzalez. He's he's a full-on conservative, um, but he is one that voted for impeachment of Trump. Oh yes, right? of course. So he has been hassled so much. Death threats. Death threats, family threats, everything. So although we as Democrats would like to see him stay in and fight just for the thing, but once it comes to your family like that. No, we get it. he, He said, you know, this is not worth it. And he says, not only that, I have to sit on panels with, uh, uh, Jim Jordans and, oh. and, 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 well, Marge is Mark not Meadows. in panels, but Bobert and people like that. He says, I'm, you know, it's a, it's a waste of my time. Yeah. So he says, I'm, I'm just going to drop out because I, I don't want my family to be in danger. These yeah. people that are getting death threats, these, um, candidates, uh, uh-huh. governors, senators, uh-huh. election people, it, I mean, it's, is does Trump run the mafia as well? Anthony Gonzalez was a former NFL football player, too. So the reason I bring that up is what I'm going to tell you next. So he, he was an All-American, uh, I believe it was a first-round pick, um, to the Colts, I believe. And so he's a tough guy. Mm-hmm. You know, not easily he's, scared. He's not, yeah, he's not a scared guy. Well, this genius named Josh Mandel... Trashes Governor DeWine in Ohio. Now, I'm not a big fan of Governor DeWine. He's a Republican as well, but he's done a decent job mm-hmm. with the COVID anyway. Credit where it's due. And he's done a pretty good job with their economy as well. 
so he comes out and and smashes him. He's a this guy's a full on trumper. And then he uh, talks about uh, Gonzalez. He says uh, he's not a tough guy. He's just he's just a wimp for dropping out of the of the Congress. So these are the kind of guys that uh, Republicans are going to be voting for. Oh, he went to Ohio State. I just put, did put a note on that. Hmm. So that's about all I got. Oh, no. No, there's more. There's more. Yes. In sports. Did you know? Did you? Did you uh, know? Right, go ahead. I got a little nugget for you here. Okay. David Beckham's son, Romeo. His name's Romeo? Yeah. Are you serious? Oh, they named them after wherever they were conceived. So he was conceived in Rome. Brooklyn was conceived in Brooklyn. I can't remember the last names. Anyway, that's besides the point. Did you know Romeo played his first game with Fort Lauderdale yesterday? Really? Yeah. I I mean, he's 19 years old now. How old is Beckham? He's in his 40s, late 40s. Wow. Uh, Romeo's now 19. I mean, how did that happen? Where did those years go? Yeah. Anyway, he, he started... He must be hanging out with cinema. So he's there and he gets age <laughs> and she gets money. Mm, well... Yeah, okay. So he started as a midfielder. So mm-hmm. that's like his dad's old position. Mm-hmm. For the reserve team of Inter Miami in the MLS. Mm-hmm. And that was last year. But he signed a contract with Fort Lauderdale, which is... a it's a bit lower down the scale, isn't it? It's a third layer team. Oh, I, I can't. I'm not an expert in MLS. Okay. So know. anyway, you signed for Fort Lauderdale earlier this month. That's and, cool. And apparently, you know, he, he played a fairly decent game. Speaking of decent games, over the weekend, and you will get, whether you like it or not, you will get a Dodger update and a 49er update. So deal with it. <laughs> Dodgers moved into just one game behind the Giants, again, uh, by taking two of three from Cincinnati, and uh, the Giants lost to the Braves on Sunday, <laughs> which amazed me. Yeah. Uh, only 12 games left in the season now. It's getting close. Yeah. So we're within one. San Diego is just... <laughs> they're fighting with each other in the dugout. Yeah. doesn't make me feel bad either. So the Dodgers will finish up their 12 games. So now we go to Colorado for three, Arizona for three. We go home and we play the Padres, who are just floundering, and uh, uh, the Brewers. So 12 games left. Keep your fingers crossed. And the Niners win. And the Niners. Niners won 17-11. Second win on the road. And they're off to a 2-0 start. We get Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is coming home to the Bay and the Packers this weekend to play at Levi Stadium. Well, I was impressed with Debo Samuel yesterday. Debo had a great game. He's an awesome. I love to he watch is. him run. He runs like the wind. Yeah, he's a tough guy, too. Yeah. yeah he and he looks like a little scrawny guy, too. Well, he's not scrawny. I know, but because of the, the the height of the camera and whatever, we're watching it on TV. Well, when you, when you see him next to 350-pound, six-foot-eight lineman... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he looks scrawny. (laughs) (laughs) Debo's a tough guy. No, I love watching him. Love him to bits. Brilliant. Cool. I I think we should wrap this up. Okay. Can I just 
Yeah. Chat, let me put this out here. Did yeah. anybody else see the moon last night? Yeah, pretty much. Well, I saw the light from the moon all night. Three o'clock in the morning. It was like daylight outside. It's like we had a giant flashlight. We had a broad-breaked moonlight of a moon last night. Ah, that's what you so wanted, to bring. You wanted to bring it up just so you could say that. Aye. Yeah. I just thought I would because, you know, like, I'm kind of <laughs> missing it a wee bit. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Adios. Adios. Oh,